Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and welcome back to another Housing Matters podcast. It's your favorite data nerds, Jordan Levine, the Deputy Chief Economist, and I'm joined by our awesome Director of Research, Oscar Way. Hey, welcome, everyone. And this time we got some updates. We're going to talk about the housing market, both here in California and what's happening in the rest of the U.S. Uh, Also kind of juxtapose that against what we see happening on the mortgage side of the market with both rates and and what that's doing on mortgage application side and what we might be expecting coming down the pike. Uh, We'll wrap up with just a brief economic update and then tell you about one of our upcoming events that you guys might be interested in. So... All that being said, let's dive into the market stuff. We recently put out our numbers for March, and they showed, I guess, a quote-unquote bounce back. But tell us what that really means in terms of the numbers. Well, it looks like, yeah, I think, you know, in March we had a pretty decent month. And then, uh, I mean, in in February it was a pretty decent month. And we thought March, there might be a little bit of a setback. But, uh, in fact, that was not the case. We were actually... We actually saw, yes, it's still a year-over-year drop of about 6% or right. so, but compared to the previous month, um, which the previous month jumped 11% or so, right. it only, March only dipped, you know, a uh, very minute uh, 0.2%. Right, so we held on to basically some of that bounce that we saw in February, and so now we're only down about 6.5% on a year-over-year basis compared to double digits. I guess, yeah. in January. Yeah, and the good thing also is uh, surprising to me, and I'm sure you know a, a few people are pretty surprised by it, is also when we look at pending sales, Right. it looks like it's pretty decent. Yeah, and so you know if you take that together with the mortgage stuff, which we're going to talk about in a minute, we think that you know our forecast now is probably still pretty close. I think we have us coming in about minus 7% for home sales this year, and that's, you know, although it's not a great number, again, it's uh, much better than the double digit decline that we started with in January. And so it suggests that, you know, things, although they aren't going to be great this year, they're not kind of on the precipice of this bigger cliff where uh, the decline in sales will keep accelerating. And so, uh, in fact, as you mentioned, with the sales, uh, with the pendings going up, we can expect maybe uh, these declines to continue to moderate through the kind of spring home buying season and and that's actually being helped by the interest rates right right i mean for the next couple months with pending sales being pretty decent and interest rate i think you know i'm not jumping ahead a little bit but right. um you know as far as interest rate is concerned i, th- I think it still stay at a very low level yeah but at this, and of course uh interest rate low, staying at low level uh, also at the same time you know if we look at price yeah price actually has not been growing very fast I think that helps affordability yeah definitely I mean prices leveling off is kind of uh, worrisome for potential buyers and I think that you're seeing some folks who are you know holding off worried about prices being at a peak but if you kind of take a step back and think about some of the big challenges in California's housing market, you know, affordability is probably right at the top of the list. And so, um, you know, the fact that prices are basically flat right now 
combined with the fact that actually on a year-over-year basis, rates are actually lower than they were this time last year, even though they've come up a bit over the last couple of months. And so when you put that all together, actually affordability might improve uh, in this kind of first quarter for the first time in a long time on a year-over-year basis. And so uh, that's really what we need to get kind of housing and home ownership jump-started. So uh, that is the kind of silver lining there, even though some folks are kind of worried about a price peak, even though, you know, again, when you look at some of the leading indicators, it does suggest big negatives coming down the pike for prices but um, there is that kind of psychological impact but the bread and butter stuff where affordability is actually improving because of these flat prices and lower rates is is i think maybe a positive going into the rest of the year i think so i mean we don't have our first quarter number yes yet uh, we will be releasing our first quarter housing affordability in a couple weeks or so yep but it's pretty safe to say that you know that number probably uh, show some improvement just based on the fact that we do calculate some uh, mortgage payment information and you know combining the low interest rates and the low uh, median price uh, increase in growth yeah. we're seeing actually a first dip in mortgage payment for the first time in what uh, two years or so a little bit more than two years or so right and that's a critical point too because not just is is the price of the home you're buying what matters it's the rate that you're paying the bank to borrow the money to go ahead and buy that house and and when you kind of bake those two together the actual monthly mortgage payment is actually on the on the slide in the most recent data so how about the rest of the u.s is that something that we're seeing all across the rest of the nation? Are sales and prices kind of mirroring what you see in California? Or are they still doing a little bit better? I think the US, you know, when in February, it was pretty much the same. But then, you know, uh, going forward a, a little bit a month later, it looks like, you know, at least based on their press release, you know, on a month to month basis, and on a year over year basis, both, uh, both of those measures dropped, right, you know, compared to the previous month and the previous year. I think they're US wise, it may not be as, as stable, in a sense, um, as, as the California in terms of month to month. But if you look at year to year, it's, we're actually on par. Right. Um, and I also looked at, at the regional level, you know, West, Western region. Actually, it's pretty similar to what we're seeing in terms of sales. Gotcha. They do have a stronger growth in, in price, though. Right, and so there might not be that kind of demand-side component that we've been talking about. They posted almost a 4% increase versus flatness here right, in right. our prices, and I think the other difference is on the inventory side, right? We're still seeing those kind of double-digit increases in the number of active listings, and I think inventory nationwide was only up a couple of percent. Right, and, and if you look at it from the perspective of price level, um, if you look at what we had, like Riverside and San Bernardino, we're actually seeing you know a little bit of growth in price also. Right, which is similar to you know the uh, the, the the national number. Um, they're showing a four percent, and their price point is at about what three hundred uh, two hundred and fifty two hundred sixty something like that. Yeah. So that's that's you know kind of on par, and you're right. You know, as far as the inventory is concerned. We in California, we were up, you know, thirteen percent. Which, you know, just looking by itself, it looks like it's huge. Right. But compared to what we experienced a few a few months ago, it's small. Um, NAR and or at the national level, we're still seeing some increase in inventory, but you know, not as much as what we have experienced. Yeah, and so I think that that's why you still see some of that price pressure is that in the rest of the nation, buyers don't have that huge surge in options available to them in terms of number of actives that we've seen here in California, which I think is a big part of why we're seeing that kind of flattening of price growth is just that buyers have a lot more options to choose from. There's a lot more homes 
out there available for sale right now. And so um, that automatically kind of mitigates some of the upward pressure uh, on on prices. Now, cutting the other way is, is actually on the rate side, right? So right. if you go back to kind of November, we were at basically 5% for the 30-year fixed rate mortgage, right? And, and we've seen that that has... Uh, come down pretty significantly. It's up, I guess, in the most recent weekly data to about 4.17%, but that's sure. still much lower than where it was in in November or even, you know, at the same time a year ago. Yeah, I mean, when we look at, I mean, a lot, a lot of people look at Freddie Mac, a lot of people look at, you know, the Mortgage News Daily. Yeah. You know, when we look at Freddie Mac, it's actually lower than, you know, the March number is actually lower than what we saw in uh, March of 2018. Right. But if you look at, you know, if you track the daily stuff, it actually bottomed out at close to 4% about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Back in like February, early March time frame. Right, and then we started, you know, inching up a little bit. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised in the next couple of weeks or maybe in April yeah. that we're seeing a slightly higher interest rate. But still, compared to last year, remember from March on uh, of last year all the way to November, it was all increasing. on the upswing. Yeah. Yep. So I think we we're probably, I'm making a very bold statement, but I think we we're probably going to be. Uh, below 4.5 or right around 4.5 for you know maybe at least for the next couple months or so yeah it's not going to be rapid growth but uh, you know I don't think that we're going to see this return to three and a half percent or something like that uh, either and I think that that's kind of backed up by the consumers because when you look at actually mortgage applications right uh, you know they're still going up now if you look at the total index right they put out uh, by the Mortgage Bankers Association. Basically, you can see that mortgage applications were down last week, uh, but that was purely driven by less refinancing, right? So we have gone from about 4% to 4.2% or something like that. And so I think most of the refis happen when we drop down to four. Now that they're starting to go up, less people trying to jump in and refi again. But if you strip out just new purchases, which is what we really care about as realtors, you know, that's what drives home sales, obviously, those actually continue to go up by about 2%. And in fact, I think a lot of the bump that we've seen in mortgage applications up to this point has really been a response to uh, the reduction in rates that we had through kind of the first month of the year from November through January. It takes a couple of weeks for that stuff to really filter through to the consumer level. They get their ducks in a row to get those mortgage applications in there. And so I think you know, my point being is that we probably haven't ridden the full wave right. of the, the increase in mortgage applications because rates have continued to come down over the last two months. And I think that we'll still enjoy this kind of bump in mortgage applications going into uh, May and June. And so ultimately, that's kind of, you know, the silver lining that goes along with that increase in pending sales that we talked about earlier is not just our, our things already moving into escrow, but it looks like we've got a decent pipeline of potential buyers who are getting, uh, you know, those mortgage applications in there. I mean, I'm, and I'm glad that it's happening right before, you know, the uh, spring season, uh, home buying season, because it kicks it off. And, you know, with, with application supporting, with pending sales supporting, and we will be seeing more people looking for homes. Yeah. Now, our, I don't think we're going to go out and, and wrap radically kind of alter our forecast for all kinds of um, amazing growth for 2019, unfortunately. But I do think that um, you can kind of look at that really negative January number as a blip and expect more of the kind of uh, mid single digit losses that we've seen in February and March to kind of be more, I think, of the norm for the next couple of months. I agree. But of course, it also depends 
uh, a, a lot on the economy as a whole. Right. So I mean, we look at the first quarter. At, the first quarter's number has not been released yet, but we have heard, you know, from retail sales that there might not be there. There's some, you know, lackluster uh, economic growth in the first quarter. Right. Uh, maybe you can address it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been talking about this for a long time that I'm, you know, worried about consumers. Consumers are driving all of the growth in the U.S. economy right now. There was a big reduction in consumer confidence during the first part right. of the year when the stock markets were kind of all over the map and shut down the government shut down there was all kinds of stuff happening actually global economic news coming down the pike as well yield curve inverted (laughs) a little bit and so there was a lot of reasons to be concerned that the consumers were going to pull back and that's concerning in and of itself because again they're driving the show from an economic standpoint. The good news is that actually um, retail sales are looking a little bit better, I think, than what some of those initial numbers in January and February suggested. So in March, consumers uh, were out there and consumer spending or retail sales grew by about 1.6%, partly due to uh, car sales, right? Absolutely, uh, They yes. were up 3%, and that's uh, a positive indicator, not just because, you know, again, consumers are propelling the economy along, but buying those big ticket kind of long-term purchases like cars are indicative of um, some underlying rebound in consumer confidence, right? You don't go out and spend 30 grand on a car when you're worried about, uh, you know, losing your job next month or imminent layoffs or something like that. And so um, this is good for for just pure GDP growth in the first quarter, which will probably be a little bit better than maybe um, what January might have suggested, but also that consumers aren't totally uh, out of the game. That being said, though, I still think the consumer debt numbers are, are pretty high and there's going to be a limit to how much the consumers can continue to carry the U.S. economy uh, on their backs. But for the the near term, I think things don't look as bad as they looked at the beginning. And that's kind of backed up by the labor markets, right? Because when people right. have jobs and are making money, uh, you know, that obviously helps to get folks out there spending. And we know that the labor markets are still uh, in pretty good shape as of March, right? Absolutely. I mean, we, we looked at, you know, California's number and it looks like, you know, based on the uh, California numbers, we have, you know, increased by about 24,000 yeah. new jobs, which is good things. I mean, we have talked about unemployment rate. Yes, it, it fluctuates, but it's still, you know, right around 4%, 4.2% yep. or so at the for, the for California. Right. And so the fact that we can still churn out 24,000 or 25,000 jobs a month is actually pretty remarkable from that perspective. Absolutely. And uh, I know, you know, we, we talked about the consumer spending. And one thing that you mentioned about uh, vehicle uh, auto sales is uh, people have to keep in mind also the interest rate, yes, boost the uh, sales in home sales. But, yeah. you know, when you borrow a, a, an auto loan, it will also be affected. So I think that might actually have an effect on uh, sales as well. And, you know, with more people being hired in California, you know, some areas may be a little bit higher. I think the Bay Area started rising a little bit faster than, you know, what we previously yep. saw. Southern California, we might see a little bit of a slow growth. But uh, I think... Um, you know, in the next few months or so, we'll see, you know, if things would could improve. Yeah, and I think it depends on what counties, too. I think the Inland Empire is still doing a little bit better than the coastal areas. And again, I chalk this up to, you know, some of the housing issues that we've talked about for so long. It's becoming harder and harder to grow your business here when, you know, folks can't afford to live here and the job offers just don't seem as attractive 
maybe as they have you know the good news though is that most every sector is growing with the exception of retail that's the kind right. of uh, Amazon effect it's not because of a lack of <laughs> consumer spending obviously um, they're just not doing it kind of at the retail storefront but I mean we're creating construction jobs you know jobs in professional services and it's a, a wide range of, of skill categories wage categories and so most folks who want a job at this point are in uh, much better shape to be able to get one than they have been in you know the last six seven years and so ultimately I think the the macro environment is still a positive for housing so, yes. at, at this point but again we're going to keep our eye on the consumer and on those labor markets because i think to the extent that that stuff changes um you know then the the situation on the housing front looks a little bit more uh pessimistic or i guess less optimistic yeah and a couple of things uh, i just want to throw it out there is um you know of course when we talk about the inland empire we look at the logistics and international trade and other stuff a couple words about the international trade i know recently a few weeks ago we saw that china's economic growth yeah. seems to be a little bit better <laughs> yeah. so that's i mean i say a little bit a little better, bit yeah. just a little bit and um so maybe in the next few months or so we may see a little bit more stability in terms of international growth uh, international trade yeah and the other thing of course that could affect the overall uh, environment at the global level is brexit we're yeah. still a little concerned not 100 percent sure what's going on i don't know what's going on <laughs> personally so if you guys know let us know but uh it's a bit of a mess and they're trying to get extensions and work stuff out but man it seems like they're in a pretty big impasse so i think you know the good news is that kind of the the longer this kind of just goes on a status quo the less uh disruptive it'll be but eventually they're gonna have to come to a decision and figure something <laughs> out soon, yes. and uh and that's gonna potentially ripple through those financial markets and so again i think you know alongside consumers the financial markets and the global economy are are the things that we want to keep an eye on because those things have not just kind of the immediate economic consequences, they also play out in in the consumer confidence and just kind of psychology out right. there. And I think that that uh, is something that's already kind of a headwind on the psychological front. And so if the global economy or some of these bigger headwinds start to play out more drastically, then uh, you know that could change things for the housing side more quickly. Absolutely. Now let's turn our attention back to a little bit more local. Yeah. Um, now, we talked about the global level, but we also have issues to address at the state level, um, <laughs> at the legislative level. I might give you the award for the understatement of the year on that one. Yes, California has many issues and, you know, not least of which is on the housing supply front. And so, uh, you know, the Center for California Real Estate, which is our kind of, um, you know, think tank arm, uh -huh. I guess, for lack of a better term, is, is trying to tackle that with some upcoming events, right? Yes, we have a mid-year luncheon coming up, a mid-year um, legislative day coming up. Uh, it's actually next week, the first week of uh, May or the last week of April, depending on how you look at it. Right. We're going to have an event in Sacramento. Uh, and we have a few um, uh, uh, conferences, few uh, sessions that you guys may want to take a look at. Yep, definitely. And uh, the first one on the housing supply is on, from the CCRE, our, our center again. It's on the California series, and it's asking the question, are Californians saying YIMBY to ADUs? Well, ADU is a big topic. I mean, we have talked about ADUs, and I think a lot of bills 
uh, where a couple bills were on ADUs. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about you know the legislative bills and things like that on ADUs, definitely um, attend the CCRE. Um, you can also find more information on our CR website uh, for the time and the location. Right, I don't that's have it right in front of me. No, it's uh, it's car.org slash meetings slash m y l Mike Yankee Lima, uh, and you can go there and sign up for the event Yimby, and you know just this whole Yimby movement is something that I've been following really closely I because know. again I I talk about this all the time. We can do all the policy stuff we want, but until we get people on our side and people saying yes to new development. Development, even in their own neighborhoods, uh, you know, we're really not going to solve this. But I think ADUs are, are something you guys want to start tuning into and paying attention because, you know, these granny flats or pool houses or garage conversions or whatever can actually result in a significant number of new units. We did some back of the envelope right. stuff uh, about a year ago. And I think even if just 25% of the single family housing here in California built one of these ADUs, granny flats, what have you, that would be almost a million units, right? And so I know, yeah. we need to build more apartments, condos, single family homes, luxury homes, you name it, but we can get a lot of the way there just with ADUs, so so tune into that. The other thing is realtors are going out in force in Sacramento again for legislative day, right? Absolutely, and we are going to have someone moderating you know, a panel and, and uh, asking questions with uh, legislators. So if you want information about, you know, what's coming up, you know, some of the bills that's coming up in this year and next year, they will be answering some questions. Things like, you know, uh, rent control, for example. Right. Things like, you know, ADU bills. Things, housing supply. Housing yep. supply, all these issues. You know, of course, I'm sure there will be different opinions, but uh, if you want answers, want to ask questions regarding, you know, all these bills, definitely attend Legislative Day. Yeah, and you get a chance to kind of turn the ear of your local, you know, kind of representatives, and that's absolutely critical because, again, uh, you know, our voice can be a powerful one collectively if we're up there kind of letting them know what's important to us, why it matters, and, you know, not just for us as a real estate community, but why it matters for the state and the state's economy and, and home ownership and why that's a good thing. And so uh, really encourage you guys to get out there and, and do that. It, it makes a huge difference. And, and the last thing is Joel's luncheon, right, where he's talking about uh, shift happens. Yes. And the, the <laughs> subtitle there is opportunities and threats to the California housing market. And I think he's going to be touching on everything from kind of market stuff and the dynamics we're talking about with uh, buyers and sellers and and the kind of shift that's happening there but also kind of some of the industry stuff that you know Joel is really second to none on having had his finger on the pulse of this industry at, at some of the highest levels for um, several decades in a row and so that's a, a great event for you to to go there and learn every time I interact with Joel I think I learned something new and and you're just hard-pressed to find somebody <laughs> who knows more about California real estate than Joel yeah he's gonna tell you straight up you know what we're going through what problems we're gonna have and he's gonna talk about some of the new business models maybe like you know I buyers and stuff like that, yep. and maybe offer you a, a tip on how to get through the uh, the challenges that we are going through. Yeah, so I mean, lots of good stuff coming down the pike. If you want to kind of arm yourself with info, if you want to get out there and have an impact with your policymakers, or just uh, meet other folks who are engaged in the real estate space, so that you guys can kind of go out there and and make it happen, we'd really love to see you there. And so, uh, with that, I think we will go ahead and leave it until. 
next time i will say thank you guys so much for listening this is the housing matters podcast where uh you can hear us every couple of weeks and so until then thank you so much we'll see you next time thank you see ya